everybody. I'm Carrie. And I'm Joe. Welcome to Hey, Remember the 80s, your favorite podcast about 80s music with also an emphasis on Disorderly's updates. (laughs) Way to start early. (laughs) I know. I want everyone to be aware. (laughs) At any moment, a Disorderly's update might be coming your way. Joe, we've gotten lots of nice comments from people that said that we might need to change our disclaimer about not being professionals, but we are still just a bunch of nimrods talking about 80s music, so give us a break. Yeah, but also keep those compliments coming. (laughs) Yeah, compliment away. And I wanted to say welcome to any new listeners and hello to our regular listeners. I also discovered via our hosting website the location of some of our listeners. So I know there are people listening in Panama, Taipei, and Clarksville, Tennessee. So whoever you are, thank you. That's so amazing. I just am baffled at how we're reaching people in Panama and Taipei and Clarksville, Tennessee. What if, <laughs> what if we're like super famous there? <laughs> On billboards and stuff? Please reach out to us if yeah. we are famous in your country. Yes. <laughs> we'll make appearances. You can check in with us on Facebook. It's Hey Remember the 80s or Facebook.com slash HRT80s. And on Twitter, our handle is HRT80s. So hit us up there. Let us know how you found us. Give us uh, show ideas. Interact. We're always happy to hear comments, complaints, whatever you got. Just give it to us. So, Joe, no poll results this week again. Um, oh, sorry. Carrie. Gosh, <laughs> but... it's like you have a life or something. <laughs> There definitely will be some um, to report next week because there is a poll going on right now on our Facebook page that is pitting our two number ones from the 80s against each other. Yours, Eye in the Sky by Alan Parsons Project versus Mine, Heart and Soul by Tapau. So get over there, weigh in and tear Joe and I's friendship apart by whoever (laughs) wins this poll. First of all, I call shade because... (laughs) I just feel like Heart and Soul is more beloved. You know, I think they did equally well in the charts, but yours is more well-known, and it is, like, it's just, I don't know. I love my choice, but yours is also, like, I feel like it has more fans. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens, Joe. I mean, you know, the the poll will be the poll. You'll have to live with it. The loser has to um, live-tweet disorderlies. All right. Sounds good. I also have um, a quick update, Joe. I, If you love listening to me on podcasts, which if you're listening to this, maybe you do, you can hear me on another one uh, this week. By the time this drops, it will have already been released. So go to your podcast feed and look for Extra Hot Great which is a wonderful podcast about TV, which has been going on for years and years. And I've been a fan since the beginning. And they had a listener game time, which I was able to participate in. Small spoiler, it was backwards TV themes. And actually, the Miami Vice theme made an appearance, which was apropos to this uh, podcast since that hit the charts. So go over and check me out on that podcast. I might have to do that, Carrie. I don't know if you know this. It's a little known fact about me, but I love TV. <laughs> I know. That's a controversial opinion, but I, I said it. 
I knew that about you, Joe. I okay. was afraid. I didn't know what the topic was going to be in advance. And I was like thinking to myself that I don't actually watch a lot of current TV. And so I was a little afraid about what the topic might be. And I might have been handicapped by that. But it was across the years TV themes. So I did uh, all right. But you'll have to go listen and find out what the results were. Well, I will do that. But can we talk about music now, specifically yeah. 80s music? Yes, we can. And we have a big topic this week, which is One Hit Wonders. That is a big topic. And this one was suggested by Genoa and Tom, two um, avid listeners of the podcast. So thanks for the idea. Yeah, you guys are crossing brain streams out there. You're both <laughs> thinking about One Hit Wonders. <laughs> But, you know, One Hit Wonders is really misused. I mean, it depends on whether you go by uh, whether songs hit the top 100 or whether they hit the top 40. Obviously, again, we're just talking about Billboard charts. VH1 actually did a list, 80s One Hit Wonders, and it made absolutely no sense because some of the ones they had didn't even hit the top 100. <laughs> so I don't know how they were hits. <laughs> And others on that list were from groups that definitely had other songs that hit the top 40. Like, for instance, podcast favorite John Waite and his song Missing You um, was on that list at number 32. But John Waite had two other songs that hit the top 40. Every Step of the Way, which we've talked about before, peaked at 25. And a song called Tears, which I've never heard, I'll have to check out, peaked at number 37. So our definition of One Hit Wonders is purely those groups or singers that had no other hit to reach the top 40 Billboard pop chart. So that's what we're talking about today. That seems pretty strict, but I stand by that. I feel like that if you had a song in the top 40, that's a hit. So if you had a song that was number one and then the next song went to 39... That's, I mean, there are varying degrees of hitness, but that's a hit. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Joe? We have to live by rules in this society, and these are the rules that we've come up with. So that's how we're doing it. Yeah. Your favorite, Joe, we've mentioned on the podcast before, but you're going to give us a little more in-depth discussion. Yes. I think we discussed it maybe um, last episode or the one before, but my favorite one-hit wonder is... Love Changes Everything by Climby Fisher. So we mentioned that they had written songs for other people. I think, oh, we discussed it when um, you were talking about Naked Eyes because you like a song by them. And this band was actually made up of Rob Fisher from Naked Eyes and Simon Climey. So that's how they got that really clever band name. <laughs> but this song hit number 23 in the U.S., um, but it went to number two in the U.K. So that's that's pretty big. Seems like it was higher here, but I guess, I mean, said 23, so got to go by that. But in the U.K., this song was nominated for the Ivor Novello Award for Best Song Musically and Lyrically. So I guess that's like their version of the Grammy. 
So that's a pretty big deal, I think, for them. They didn't win, but they were nominated. That's very interesting. I would love to look at a list of that award because, yeah, it, best song musically and lyrically. <laughs> like, like, what other categories right. are there? <laughs> uh, I guess cassette single design. <laughs> so they didn't have any other songs that hit the U.S. Hot 100. So they didn't have anything in the U.S. at all after this. They had... Some other hits in the UK, but don't feel bad for them because, like I said, Rob Fisher was in Naked Eyes, so he got some of that Promises, Promises money. And Simon Climey was a songwriter before this, so he he actually wrote Pat Benatar's Invincible with, uh, hey, remember the 80s heroine Holly Knight that we've discussed before. So that's pretty cool. And he also wrote for Rod Stewart, um, Carrie, but don't hold that against him. Yeah, Joe, I actually found out when I was looking at uh, the Wikipedia entry for Love Changes Everything that this song was originally written for Rod Stewart, and he didn't want it, I guess, so Climbing Fisher recorded it themselves. That's his loss, but they (laughs) wrote, I think this is a Rod Stewart song you like, I think you like it anyway, they wrote My Heart Can't Tell You No. Oh my gosh, I adore that song, don't get me started. Yeah, I won't. Okay, so they also wrote for Eric Clapton, which I found to be pretty cool. That's great. So, yep, Climbing Fisher, lots of uh, tangents out into 80s history, but only that one song that touched the U.S. chart. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Joe, my favorite is obviously um, Heart and Soul by Tapau, which we have talked about again and again. It was my favorite song of the 80s. And was the true one-hit wonder. They never had anything touch the charts again. But I wanted to bring two other ones to highlight. And they're connected in a couple of different ways. So the first one is Can't Shake Loose by Agnetha Falkskog. Skog? Yeah. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> yeah. So she was a member of ABBA and obviously had many hits with ABBA, but this solo hit, which went to number 29 in 1983, was her only song to reach the top 40 on the Billboard chart. Uh, she did have a duet with Peter Cetera, which hit number 93 Ooh. in 1988, called I Wasn't the One, parentheses, who said goodbye, close parentheses. <laughs> Peter Cetera loves a song with parentheses. (laughs) He does. And a duet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I checked out a clip of that. It's okay. But, Mm. (laughs) yeah, but so Can't Shake Loose by Agnetha, uh, her only uh, hit. So the second song I want to talk about is by Frida, who was the other female member of ABBA. And she also became a one-hit wonder as a solo artist with her song, I Know There's Something Going On. That one went to number 13 earlier in the year in 1983, and it was actually written by the same guy, Russ Ballard, who wrote Can't Shake Loose. So they were all up in each other's business. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, and um, 
the great thing about I Know There's Something Going On, I mean, besides it being a wonderful song, is that it was produced by Phil Collins, who also plays drums and sings backup. Is there anything he can't do? <laughs> I don't know. You know, my appreciation for Phil Collins sincerely grows like every year because he I learn more and more facts like this. He's he's great. And I listened to the song like when I was putting these notes together. I I know there's something going on is a great song. Like, I don't know why it wasn't on my top 40, but it should have been because I just truly love it. Carrie, I would love to tell you the story of how I heard this song for the first time. Oh, boy. And it was in the late 90s. I was watching Daria, which I loved. And, you know, at the end, they would play random pop songs that kind of fit the theme of whatever the, the episode was about. And one time they played this song, but they didn't identify it. And it sounded so modern to me that I tried to find out who it was. And, you know, Shazam wasn't around then. So it took me a bit. And then I found out it was actually from like 1983 and I was like what you are really correct though like when I was listening to it I thought the same thing it could be on the radio today and Mm -hmm. be a hit it's really timeless and it should yeah (laughs) let's just put it out again like Mm -hmm. under a fake name like Millie Vanilli style (laughs) see if it starts again like when they when Donny Osmond had to like use a fake name for soldier of love Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So um, those are our favorites. We put out a call to our listeners on Facebook and Twitter asking for your favorite one hit wonders. So we're going to talk about some of the ones that you guys highlighted. And we're going to start by shaming you and telling telling you guys um, who was wrong because you mentioned some people that were not one-hit wonders. But to be fair, Carrie, we did discuss how it can mean something different to other people because I know that there's a lot of people who think you're a one-hit wonder if you had one huge hit and then just like tiny little ones. You know what I mean? Yes, I do know what you mean. But again, there are rules and you have broken them. Oh, my gosh. By citing citing not one hit wonders. No, it's all in fun. So the first one was suggested by Richard A. And he said that he liked Rock Me Amadeus by Falco, which was a huge hit. It was released in June of 1985. It hit number one in March of 1986. It was inspired by the movie Amadeus, which is weird but it was originally recorded in german and for the u.s release the song was remixed with the english lyrics you hear kind of in the background like rock me amadeus there was never a full english version that was recorded um however falco is not a one-hit wonder because his follow-up hit vienna calling went all the way up to number 18 in june of 1986 So if you haven't heard Vienna Calling, check it out. It sounds a lot like Rock Me Amadeus, but I like it a lot more. So Richard, if you didn't uh, know about Vienna Calling, check it out. You know, I don't think I've ever heard Vienna Calling. 
Are you being serious right now? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely been on countdowns that you've heard. I guess you're right, but I I'm not a huge Falco fan. I remember yeah. when I called him remember when I called him Wilco the other day? <laughs> I did remember you having a like strong <laughs> reaction about me mentioning Rock Me Amadeus once. <laughs> Um, you know, I hate to say it. I just heard it on the countdown today and it's growing on me. It's not there yet, but I, I get it. I think it's fun. I think at some point somebody needs to do a crazy style chart about the different versions of Rock Me Amadeus, because I think the one that people hear now, like on the radio is actually not the one that was the one that charted Mm -hmm. uh like with those voiceover facts there's some voiceover facts in the english version which i think is the version that charted and now you never hear that again Mm -hmm. i have heard it on our favorite station the foxoldies.com and um because he plays the true uh singles that were on the charts but that's a weird fact about that song okay moving on we have another suggestion this was by jenny m she suggested we discuss Something About You by Level 42, which is a great song. I love it. This was released in 1985, went to number seven in May of 86. But Jenny, hold up, because Level 42 had one other top 40 hit, Lessons in Love. And that hit number 12 in June of 87. And then they had a few others that hit the top 100. And I say all this, but I've never heard Lessons in Love, Carrie. Joe, I swear to god every time you say something like this i just think you're like have a brain injury because there's no way you haven't heard lessons in love i've never heard lessons in love need to start keeping track of these put a list you know a playlist mm-hmm. together and make you listen to them lessons in love is great it so is... you can you can record me listening and reacting <laughs> and going oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but no both great songs by level 42 so hi to jenny and thanks for that suggestion but again you were wrong you should feel shame <laughs> uh, <laughs> We had another suggestion from a listener, Brandy. She said, I believe she phrased it as a question like, "Was is AHA a one-hit wonder? And the answer technically is no, because even though Take On Me was a huge, huge hit all over the world, peaked at number one here in October of 85, their follow-up hit, The Sun Always Shines on TV, went to just number 20 in February 86. Brandy, I didn't know that song existed either until like a month ago. So I feel yeah. I mean, you know, I guess it is honestly a testament, Joe, to the fact that we have become obsessed with these countdowns. I mean, it is fun. The best part of the countdowns for me are hearing like the songs from 40 to 30 that are like 
the ones that maybe peaked in there and, you know, never get played anymore. So I just want everyone to make sure to check out Vienna Calling, Lessons in Love, and The Sun Always Shines on TV. They're all better than the main songs we're talking about. <laughs> yes. And we're we're pointing this out so people know and we're not, you know, trying to shame you that you didn't know about them. But now you know. And, and next time someone mentions it, like at a party, you can correct them because everyone loves that. <laughs> yes. Put your snob hat on like us yeah. and mm-hmm. talk down to people about 80s music. But the next one, yes, also came from my friend Tom C. And he said he loved Man in Motion by John Parr, which did go to number one in 1985. But John Parr actually had a hit called Naughty Naughty earlier that year, which hit number 23. And David Foster, who, of course, uh, co-wrote Man in Motion and also wrote the score for St. Elmo's Fire, which is the movie that that song was from, actually learned of John Parr through the song Naughty Naughty and asked him to do the St. Elmo's theme because of it. I don't know why, because Naughty Naughty is not better than Man in Motion. It is, in fact, a little creepy and gross, as you obviously can tell by the name of it. But I put him in uh, David Foster's crosshairs. So that's mm-hmm. why we got Man in Motion. And so we can't be mad at it. Carrie, I just want to go on the record and say I wish Man in Motion was the only song we ever heard from John Parr. True. I loathe the song Naughty Naughty. I hate it. I just found out they say the word horny in the chorus, and that's just wrong, especially for, like, 1985. Like, no. But <laughs> if you go back and watch the video, Lisa Rinna is in it. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> like, oh, I have to go watch it now. That's so awesome. Okay, well, keep the sound off. She probably looks exactly the same. I mean, Lisa Rinna, come on. I will withhold a comment. (laughs) Okay. So now let's get into some of the suggestions that are actual one-hit wonders, starting with uh, Major Tom, parentheses, Coming Home, by Peter Schilling. And this was suggested by your sister, Val. Uh, This one was originally recorded in German and released in January of 1983. The English version came out here in September of that year, and it peaked at number 14 was a one-hit wonder because his only other song to hit the chart peaked at 61 six years later in April 1989 called The Different Story, parentheses, World of Lust and Crime. These parentheses are really getting out of hand. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what what to say about the title of this one. I know. I don't want to know anything more about it. I didn't seek it out and listen to it. Maybe I will after after because i'm i'm intrigued but yeah so peter Schilling, true one hit wonder vow way to go the next one was suggested by brandy she said hey what about Edie brickell and the new bohemians what i am aren't they a one hit wonder and they are
That song peaked at number seven in March 89, and the follow-up, Circle, only reached 48, which I never heard that song, Carrie. But remember that YouTube video, the top 400 songs of the 80s? How could I forget? Okay, we won't go too much into detail, but it's from the UK, and it's just someone's opinion, and it's a 90-minute video of like just tiny clips. And Circle was on that list, and my friend Tom was watching that video with me, and he knew every word to that song. Um, I do, too, because I had the single for uh, Circle. It was definitely my favorite song over What I Am. I ended up then getting the whole album, Shooting Rubber Bands at the Sky. Stars? Sky? Stars? Yeah, Moon. sorry. Stars. <laughs> Some celestial body. <laughs> <laughs> but that album is actually really good and I ended up buying it on iTunes maybe a couple years ago when it was like on sale for you know 4.99 or something the whole album but there's actually a lot of good songs on there but what I am is the only single from that album to chart yep you're right Brandy but I thought the thing that was most interesting to me about that song when I was looking into this is that it was actually covered in 1999 by an electronic dance music duo called Tin Tin oh. Out. <laughs> and former Spice Girl of Baby Spice, Emma Button, uh, sings the vocals. And okay. that, yeah, that song went to number two in the UK. <laughs> like I didn't think it was going to get weirder, and then it did. I know. <laughs> There's layers upon layers of... Mm-hmm weirdness in there so our next couple were suggested by rod h he had a lot to offer which i knew he would because he is one of our fellow foxoldies.com's listeners and they're all very knowledgeable so he pointed out that easy lover by philip bailey was the only solo hit for him of course phil collins is duetting on that song hi phil collins there you are again and uh, Philip Bailey was a former vocalist with Earth, Wind, and Fire. That song went to number two in 1985. Philip Bailey's follow-up single called Walking on the Chinese Wall only went to number 46. Phil Collins produced that whole album, by the way. He also mentioned a great song called When the Heart Rules the Mind by GTR. And that was a group made up of former guitarists of Yes, and Genesis, and that went to number 14 in 1986, and their follow-up only made it to 85. And then the last one he said was New World Band by Rush, which he was wondering if that one counted, which it does, according to our rules, because it went to number 21 in 1982. And even though Rush had six other songs that hit the top 100, their next highest charter was Tom Sawyer, which peaked at number 44, if you can believe it. I cannot believe it, Carrie. You would think Rush had multiple hits. I know. Tom Sawyer, for being one of the most indelible songs, you know, that has continued to be played in all different arenas uh, across the world, for it to have peaked at number 44 seems mind-blowing. Agreed. Another one-hit wonder that was suggested was Let's Go All the Way by Sly Fox, and that was suggested by Chad. This song peaked at number seven in 1986. And the follow-up only made it to 94. So this group was presented as wholesome, clean living. And the song is misconstrued as being about sex. But allegedly, they meant it was going all the way to reach a goal. But we see right through that, don't we, Carrie? 
Well, yeah, especially since they only released one album, so they didn't uh, work very hard at going all the way themselves. <laughs> yeah, Bart, Sly Fox. <laughs> no, I do, I do like that song, though. It's it's kind of cute, you know? Yeah. Do you hate yeah. it? No, I actually like it. Yeah. I used to get it confused all the time, coincidentally, with uh, I Know There's Something Going On, because they both have kind of like driving drum percussion beats. yeah yeah, yeah i could see that well, maybe we could do a mashup maybe you maybe. can joe i certainly yeah. am not talented enough to edit those two together okay i'll give it a whirl okay so one more is kaja gugu and their song too shy that made it to number five in 83 and the follow-up only went to 78 called hang on now i feel like too shy is one of those huge 80s songs that you'll hear at like any like 80s theme night or party you know what I mean like I just feel like it's used a lot yeah 100% I don't know why but the biggest memory I have about Too Shy was actually about this cover band that I used to go see in college all the time that were called The Breakfast Club and they did covers of 80s songs and for some reason the only song I specifically can remember them singing was too shy by kasha cuckoo so yes that is uh, definitely one of the most indelible 80s songs because that cover band played it and just remember that there's a lot to unpack in that story but <laughs> we don't have the time the thing i remember or the thing i think about most when i hear kasha cuckoo is when my husband and I were listening to a countdown in the 70s, actually, and Casey Kasem came on and said, okay, that was a song by Foghat, one of the weirdest band names I've ever heard. And my husband said, well, hold on to your hat, Casey, get ready, because Kaja Gugu's coming. <laughs> I love that story. That's great. Yeah, Casey didn't know what was going to hit him uh -uh. in the 80s. <laughs> uh -uh. All right. Well, Joe, of course, we have a very important Disorderlies update coming at you from the One Hit Wonders section. Ooh. So, yeah, get ready for this. The Fat Boys and the Beach Boys did a cover of Wipeout for the movie Disorderlies. It doesn't actually appear on the soundtrack. The only song by the Fat Boys uh, on the soundtrack is their cover of Baby, You're a Rich Man. But it was a single that was released and went to number 12 on the chart. They are not the one-hit wonder, though. Fat Boys went to number 16 with their cover of The Twist the next year. Fat Boys has a problem. like some with of covers. Yeah. <laughs> like, get your own songs. We've... Right. I'm trying to remember who we've talked about before that only had hits with covers. Um, LB. LB. Laura Branigan. Laura oh. Branigan. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Laura Branigan and the Fat Boys need to team up and do a superstar cover. But anyways, the one hit wonder in question uh, is the Safaris, who wrote the original instrumental track Wipeout and went to number two with it in August 1963. But their follow up Point Panic only reached 49. Sorry, Safaris, double whammy. You only had one <laughs> hit and then it was sullied by the Fat Boys. All right. Next up. We're moving on to our favorite segment, one of our favorites, Songs That Time Forgot. 
songs that time forgot unofficially sponsored by the foxoldies.com and my pick for this week is a song called symptoms of true love by tracy spencer take my breath away make me shake This one peaked at 38 in December 1988. I probably heard it on a countdown like I was talking about, uh, hanging out there in between (laughs) (laughs) up there at number 40. It's a really fun mix of like 80s and 90s sound. There's a bunch of synths, which are my jam and, you know, have that 80s vibe. But there's also a definite 90s vibe. Like this is like a precursor to you know, Janet Jackson's songs in the 90s and definitely fits into that groove. Tracy Spencer had one Star Search junior vocalist, and she was 12 years old when she released the album that the song came from. But she does not sound like a 12-year-old at all. I would have never guessed that. Uh, She went on to release two more albums, and her song, This House, from 1990, actually landed at 260 on the top 500 of the 90s chart. Um, remember we told you that in addition to this top 500 of the 80s chart that XM played and we went psycho over, they then Mm -hmm. started playing a top 500 of the 90s chart. So that song ended up there. I had never heard the This House song before, but getting back to Symptoms of True Love, check it out. It's great. It's just I, again, I'm just going to say it's so much fun. I just love listening to it. I wish I had known it when I was, uh, when it came out in 1988. It would have been right up my alley at that time. I would have been 10 years old and I would have been dancing around to this jam. I guess I just have to settle for dancing around to it now. Uh, um, sorry, Carrie, I was distracted. I was on WebMD Googling symptoms of true love and I don't have any. So that's good news. <laughs> Is that good news? That sounds like bad news, actually. Okay, hang on. Let me say that part over then. So that's bad news, I think, for my husband. Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe you didn't know This House. That was a huge hit. I had the cassette single. I love that song, but I have never heard Symptoms of True Love, and you're going to shame me. (laughs) I'm not going to shame you because I didn't know that one. I did not know Symptoms of True Love until recently, but... I think you'll discover with a lot of 1990s R&B songs, Joe, that that's a real like blind spot for me. I think we've talked before about, you know, I don't think we were getting these songs in on the northern Minnesota radio stations I was listening to. So bad on me, but I'm glad to discover them now. Carrie, I think the last time we did songs that time forgot, I picked a song by Tina Turner that I think slipped through the cracks. I did pick another artist for this one that had a lot of hits in this one just isn't so well known. And this one is by ELO. It's Calling America. And it was released in 1986, and it has the distinction of being ELO's 20th and final top 40 hit in the U.S. So glad we were able to make that one a top 40 hit and give them that. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. It actually, it went to number 18, so that's pretty cool for them. And I love the song because, well, I love ELO, first of all. 
anyone who's going to do Xanadu with Olivia Newton-John gets a lifetime pass in my book. Absolutely. So what I like most about it, and especially since I just discovered it in the last few months, is that I just think it sounds so modern. And I even try to trick my husband. I would play it in the middle of a playlist of like newer songs and it would come on and he would be like, oh, who's this? And he would guess, you know, modern band names until finally I told him it was ELO. And he was like, what, what, why? (laughs) It is really modern sounding. I like it a lot too. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. ELO is a great band that I definitely lumped in my mind, like with just kind of classic rock stuff that I had no interest in, but it's definitely not classic rock, not like, you know, Foghat or Leonard (laughs) Skinner. Like that's definitely who I put them on the same level with, but they were doing good things, like lots of like progressive rock kind of influences, even sort of like new wave influences and that they were bringing to their music. So ELO, if you have always thought of them as sort of like an old fogey band or something like that, check out a lot of their songs because there's some really good stuff happening there. I agree. I also went through the same thing where growing up, even to like my mid thirties, I would just think of ELO and just didn't really have any knowledge of like what songs they had or who they were. I just in my mind, there was like, it was like their name was scratched out with like a red pen. Like, nope, I already know that's not for me, you know? Yes, I do know what you mean. But I love them now. Yeah. Hmm. So that's all we have for you today. As always, we'll tell you again about our Facebook page, which is slash HRT80s80s, or just search for Hey Remember the 80s. And our Twitter, which is at HRT80s, you can find us there. If you want to hit us up, let us know if you have any show ideas or if you just have any comments, criticisms, compliments, any of that stuff, just throw it our way. We'd be happy to hear it. Yeah. Reach out. We are dying to connect with you. (laughs) (laughs) Call now. (laughs) Yep. Otherwise, we will just uh, leave you with our command to be kind to yourself, be kind to us, be kind to others. Yes. It's easy to do. Yeah. So bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.